Thank you for supporting our channel. Thank you for supporting Wizan. Please like, subscribe, comment, and hit the notification bell for any future videos. Well, I remember. I remember. I remember yeah. when I was boxing for England, and we was given uh, Dunlop green striped trainers. <laughs> <laughs> and I, 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 I thought, know, I, I, I thought we won the lottery. <laughs>
do, do you fancy helping out with with the kids? Yeah, uh, and that's how it started, really. And then that it, club in Campbell, there was a there was a boxing association in Cromer Grove. Yeah, wasn't that's it. it. That was above. That was it. So the gym was downstairs, yeah. and and the London ABA was. Up. Are they still there? No, it's moved now. Uh, it's moved. It was asked when you was on the knowledge. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was. It was a point. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I know none of the new boys know it. None of them know it. <laughs> Where was that? Cromer Grove off Campbell New Road. Just yeah, a little, yeah, yeah. I think there was a little triangle of a street. That's it, yeah. So it's a yeah, red car street, and that's then Comber Grove, so Hollington Boys yeah, Club. Yeah, that, that, I could say Hollington, yeah. yeah I, that's I it. think when I pointed it, it was Hollington. It's funny because when, when I started doing the knowledge, born in East London, I should know it, Boxford Repton, um, I, I was surprised when I went round, I saw St Monica's. Well, you did. You knew the clubs, but you didn't know where I, they were. Yeah, I didn't know where yeah. they were. Exactly. Red Lion, Cranham Manor. Oh, in Acne, Dalston. Yeah. Literally, Repton is one of four good clubs. It was good fighters out of them all. Yeah. Um, obviously, Repton being the most famous. How how did Repton become the most famous? Just had more success. Is that? Could you put that down to someone in the club? Because the club, it's the club's just walls. So yeah, really, yeah, no, it comes no, down yeah, to yeah. The well, the trainers, uh, uh, Tony Burns, obviously the 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 coach that was there was um, attracted lots of fighters, but a lot of fighters <laughs> come from other clubs. I did, uh, and. and uh, you know, it, it did bring up a lot of resentment from other oh, other clubs. Yeah. Poaching. Of, well, they they thought so. They they thought we had a they had a um a, a sort of a B line or A line to the to the ABA Championships or big boxing for England. Yeah. But I often say Georgie Bowers, who was the junior trainer, he ended up at um at Repton as well. And he junior trainers they pick him up from from nothing like a bear, you know, from don't know how to tie their laces up. Yeah. Yeah. And developed, and that's where I was lucky enough to be under his tutelage. Is that the word, Georgie yeah. <laughs> Bowers? And um, you know, uh, guided me through. And my dad, obviously, my dad used to box. He put the interest into me joining a club. But like I say, Georgie Bowers, he he, he developed the fighters. And when you become seventeen, you turn senior. Around that age, you're given over to the senior coach. Yeah, carries on, doesn't yeah, it? It's like a progression, you see. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's, I mean, these clubs are like legendary clubs, Repton, West Ham, the Lynn, Fitzroy Lodge. Yeah. They're sort of famous throughout the country. Um, and, you know, they do a fantastic job, um, mm. you know, as I say, taking the kids off the streets and, and giving them sort of direction. I think, you know, si- similar thing. That's what really you sort of get bitten by a bug. Um, I did, and then it's, it's, it becomes all-consuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you have a bit of success as well with, like, winning schoolboys and, and national championships, and then you just then, as I say, it, it sort of took over me, really. Yeah. Um, so it was... You know, I mean, it, it was great, and I wouldn't be doing the job I'm doing now yeah. if it didn't. Um, but it's it's... You know, in relation to the to, to driving the cab, is two of the coaches that were at my club were cab drivers, mm. so that was. Uh, yeah, um, I don't know if we pointed out, Gary, that you are coaching the, the Olympic team. I don't know if I've said that already in this podcast, but you are Team GB Olympic coach for the boxing team. Yeah, so or part of the coaching. That's team. right. Yeah, so I'm part of the uh, uh, senior coaching team uh, up in Sheffield. Yeah, uh, so I work with all the Great Britain boxers, basically the best boxers in the yeah. country so um, Scotland, Wales and England uh, so the best boxers come yeah. to Sheffield and then we train them um, and then obviously we take them to competitions uh, I was lucky enough to be to be a coach in Tokyo Olympics and yeah. also Rio Olympics 
uh, and I was part of the backroom team f- for London 2012. I bet what's hard about this Olympic idea is being that they're amateurs, but you're going to go up against other best-in-the-world uh, Olympic amateurs. Hard to know how good the, the boxers are you're going to be fighting from other countries. Yeah, I think the thing with us now is that the word amateur is a little bit outdated, really, uh, because the setup we have, we have seven full-time coaches, 12 part-time coaches. We have a psychologist, S&C coach, nutritionist, lifestyle coach. It's a fantastic setup that we've got. Yeah. Um, and we're funded by the lottery and the government. Wow. Back in Richard's day, all they had was hair and makeup, wasn't it, Richard? Yeah, I was just <laughs> thinking that all, day, all those things. <laughs> Gary just said is uh, that's what my mum and dad did for me. My my, my, my 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 dad was my mentor. My mum was my dietitian, um, and the money that I earned, I went out and got through working. Yeah, and then finish work and then go to training. Now, uh, due to uh, I believe uh, the, um, the lottery, lottery it's changed. England sport or boxing for us massively because we was underdogs. We, we we had great fighters. We always produced great fighters. But when we, when we was going to uh, Olympics pre lottery, I presume. Don't know when would have been the last one. Maybe nineteen eighty. I don't know or eighty four. Yeah. But we were fighting Americans. We knew they was like they were like pros. Russians, East German. Yeah. Obviously, when the the, the wall fell down like you know yeah and that's the good thing now is that we train with them you see yeah so we just done a training camp with america in colorado we go there every year so we we go to italy we go all over the world basically so the thing is because of the the money that that allows us to do that so the boxers get paid so in in sort of when you was boxing richard you know a a boxer might have to be i remember i remember i remember when i was boxing for england and we was given uh, Dunlop green stripe trainers, <laughs> <laughs> and I, 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 I thought I, I, I thought we won the lottery. <laughs> I always remember that Dunlop green stripe trainers. That makes you sponsored, doesn't it? As it is, uh, I won the uh, National Association of Boys Clubs, and uh, unfortunately, not unfortunately, but the the year that um, I won it, Joe Bugner set up a little training place out in Amsterdam, Holland. Harnham, I think we went, with the England coach. I went on that, winning the uh, National Association of Boys Clubs. Lloyd Hunnigan was in with me, oh, yeah. Joey Frost. I don't know if Tony Willis was there, but Ray, Gil- uh, Ray Gilbody. All went to Moscow Olympics and obviously Lloyd Hunnigan becoming the world champion. But now, like you say, that that you're kitted out. You, you, I, think, I, I think it's something like forty thousand pounds they get. Yeah. Well, there's different levels of levels, funding yeah. Yeah, that they get. Um, they have to get to sort of top four in the world to get yeah. the top funding, but it's yeah. all tax free. I remember back in the day that the um, the South Americans used to be pretty tasty. They couldn't have had much funding. No, was it the Cubans? Cubans, to, yeah. yeah. Cubans are the world leaders. Uh, I mean, they're, they're it's they live in poverty basically. It, it's the the facilities are, are not great, but they just produce and produce. And the thing about them is they don't turn professional. You see, so, oh. so what what they do is they keep the, the the boxers for like they'll do four Olympics. Some of them, so they're that good. They're like professionals. Oh, Tafilio yeah. Stevenson, the heavyweight Tafilio Stevenson. Yeah. Was he three gold medals? Yeah, Olympics? so three Olympics. You three see. Olympics. So and that, he lived in poverty. Yeah, so that's he what died in poverty. Yeah. I think they gave him a cooker, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> when he came back, he got a cooker. Yeah. But um, 
going back, there's a great documentary about Cuban amateur boxers. Have you seen that? That's, I can't remember it, but I saw it. It was, it's fantastic. They you come know. away with more than their fair share of medals, don't they, from yeah, the, any boxing competition? Tokyo, we finished second to them in the table. Yeah. Wow. So it was a record for us. We got six medals in, yeah. in Tokyo. Yeah. So it was uh, the best for 120 years for Great Britain. There have been times when they weren't going to send a boxing team, hasn't they, in the past, because we weren't successful. Well, you, you've got to qualify, you see. Yeah. You've got to qualify. Right. Uh, as I say, unless you qualify, and there's been times like Los Angeles, we only had two boxes there. Yeah. So wow. it's but obviously now because of the setup that we've got, and we're able to train with the best in the world and compete with them, and we're going to numerous tournaments, traveling. Yeah. So that, that that's what I was going to say. Sorry, Gary. Um, to Dean, what he asked earlier, how do we when we box in world opponents from different countries, how do we know their form? Exactly what you just said, Gary. They, the top fighters now are on the circuit. They 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 fight outside of Britain now. They don't fight on. They don't have to win the ABAs. When I was box, it was you had to be your, your national champion. Yeah. Now they don't have to win the national champion. They, they've gone surpass that. They've got to win the world scene, haven't? They? Get a medal placement again. I, I might be talking at me. Yeah. Out. I mean, in general, <laughs> uh, the boxers that come to us are, are champions of the country. Yeah. So they're, they're English, Welsh, Scottish yeah. champions, and then we assess them. They come on an assessment, uh, and then that's how they get on. Yeah. But they're, they're already most of our boxers um, have been boxing since they were ten. Yeah. So that's the sort of. You know, Are you holding them back from being professional? Um, well, the, the thing is, in in some ways, like we, like we'll say to them, you know, basically, don't go too soon because some of them attempted, obviously, by you know, like what they think is riches. Yeah, there's, there's only a, you know a small minority make really big big money. Yeah. You know, people like Anthony Joshua came from our program. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when he started on our program, he, he, his his funding was twelve thousand pound a year. So, and you can imagine what he's gone. But obviously, he's a big man. Yeah. You know. So every now and again, someone like him will come along. But in general, what what we like them to do is get the experience, travel the world, enjoy it. You know, it's you're part of something that's. You're part of a journey. Uh, yeah, a little bit of history making. Yeah, for Great Britain, you, yeah. you're representing Great Britain on the world stage. You know, it's something that you can always look back back on with pride. Who yeah. was that a fighter we had uh, who was the first British fighter to win the World Championship, Amateur World Championship? Frankie Gavin. And Yeah, yeah and, and, and he was going to the Olympics. He was a favourite and then turned pro, didn't he, pre-Olympics? Pre I can't yeah, remember what Olympics he had, a, he had a few personal problems in the background that, uh, yeah. That, yeah, that he'd... And didn't enable him to compete, mm. uh, but yeah, I mean, so really, once like all all these successful pros that you see now, most of them come through our system. Yeah. So it, it gives them the ground, and because they're boxing the best in the world, yep. so they're coming up against all different styles. You see, yeah. so it it gives them that sort of pedigree to then go on when they do turn professional. That it's not a big shock yeah. uh, to them. So uh, the greatest boxer of all time is obviously Clubber Lang. <laughs> Who do you think is the greatest boxer of all time? Oh, that's his opinion. It's like anything. It's uh, you know styles. Uh, you know, obviously Muhammad Ali. You know, yeah. brought a lot of uh, light onto the sport. I suppose you know with his uh, abilities and that. He always looks very small to me, Muhammad Ali, as a build. His, his build is thin, isn't it? 
yeah, I think the the heavyweights were smaller than weren't yeah. they? I think with now the way things have moved on with nutrition and sports science, sports science plays a big part in things now. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think you know you they, they are big. I mean, you look at the size of Anthony Joshua. Yeah. You know, if you look at the size of Joe Frazier, you know yeah. they they were small heavyweights in comparison. Do you think he wouldn't have won today, then Muhammad Ali, against the heavyweights of today? Um, yeah, that, that's a good question, Dean. I think obviously he's, you know, his skill and you know is unbelievable, wasn't he? He was intelligent, uh, wasn't he? As a boxer, yeah, he was very, very intelligent. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, he went on too long, which which is a shame. Yeah. Um, but you know, with his skill, you know, he'd always have a chance. Uh, but I think the physicality now of some of these, you know, they're huge these heavyweights, yeah. and you know, over the tw- well, it's fifteen rounds, then it's twelve now. Yeah. So over them rounds, you know, it's it's, it's tough yeah. on the body. Isn't you, it? you say going on too long; it seems to have ended. But there was an era where Joe Bogner, Fraser, they were all fighting in their forties and fifties. The reason being, uh, I think. The truth be known, they they, they looked at they had no money. At the end of the day, promoters, um, you know, can you mention names? I don't know. Don yeah, King is yeah. well known. Um, yeah, we, we get a lawsuit uh, now from, there, King, yeah, from Don. Yeah, he, he won't be surprised. <laughs> but um, Larry Holmes, who who became a great world champion, was going for the. Um, undefeated record of a world champion uh, famously walking into the ring and Mum and Ali went up to him and said you know you're not earning any money today uh, whispered in his ear supposedly someone like Henry Cooper air fighter like yeah. em, lovely Henry he won three Lonsdale belts he, he carried on for some time he, he was quite high I think put, one, of, one of the reasons as well for that is it, times have changed Change, the, the yeah. way the world is now yeah. with the internet. investments yeah. and things like that and I think now with like boxers now will have advisors they'll have lawyers where it, in the past they didn't yeah. so it was a thing of sort of you know, it's it's getting educated, really, isn't it? You know, to look yeah. after your interests, and I think, you know, what Richard said, there was a lot of exploitation in, in them days, really. Yeah, so they got ripped off, basically. Yeah, they got they got ripped off through lack of knowledge. So, so you know, there's a lot of fighters who are really good fighters, and they've ended up, you know, working doing you know normal jobs where perhaps they could have, if they the you know, had better advice, they could have obviously retired and, yeah. you know, had, had a better sort of standard of living. But I think the world's changed now as well. I mean, some of the fighters now are earning unbelievable money, you mm. know, some of them, in, in you know, on the, you know, on these pay-per-view, these pay-per-view yeah. events yeah. and the internet, it's, it's you know, so they, there is, you know, a, a lot more opportunity now. Do you think it does seem that it's going away in terms of television or televised fights that the MMA is taking over I think it's really popular uh, there's, there's no denying you yeah. know it, it's, there's a big market for it um, and you know I mean box, boxing like I, I was at a show uh, on Saturday at the O2 you know Anthony Joshua uh, we had a fighter on the bill as well uh, you know and that was that was sold out so you know boxing is you know if you put the right fights on people yeah. are going to come the, other, the yeah. other thing we haven't sort of said at the moment lady boxers yeah, yeah. I mean, the ladies are in the game now, like you know, uh, yeah. in the boxing game. That is. Well, yeah. I, I, I just watched. I just watched something uh, yesterday. Um, there are some women who mistakenly believe that they can compete in the uh, men division of anything. The one I watched yesterday was a marine. She was a marine, and she thought she could box against another marine who was a man. Mm. Oh, it was a disaster. It was uh, really. Yeah. It's, um 
So yeah. no discredit to them, but this kind of idea of um, there's a big thing at the moment with the fair pay, equal pay, equal. Yeah. Well, it's the if you can get the same viewership, if you can create the same hype, then maybe you get the fair pay, but you don't. And yeah, I mean the thing for us, you know, we we've got a women's team, um, and you know, I did recently did. Uh, uh, a corner over in Paris with one of our female boxers uh, who was Olympic champion. Her name's Lauren Price, and she's unbelievable. Um, I mean, you know, our, our women's team um, train alongside the men, um, and and they're super professional. And I think once you've been around them, you know, day in day out, and you see the hard work they put in, you know, yeah. they're, they're consummate professionals. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. But, you know, not none of our women would want to compete against a man. No. You know, it's, no. It's, they know, obviously, you know, they'll box another woman. That's, yeah. you know, that's how it is. I think we saw another one I saw the other day was the one of the um, women's professional national teams. Not sure if it was Australia. Played against a group of 15-year-old boys and lost 7-0. Yeah. 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 You think like, well, okay, it's a different category. I think, yeah. I think also, wasn't it the USA football team? They played a... Boys team didn't they and got beat and they was the best in the world. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, is that again? No disrespect. It's just a different physicality of things. Um, I'm, well, that, sure, that, that, I'm yeah. sure there's strong women out there that could beat a, a weaker man. It's, 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 it's well, we're getting into very, very topical <laughs> issues at the moment because I just saw a trans woman Tra- win the uh, weightlifting category of a bench press. I think they were doing bench pressing so much pound, um, and she he. She, the trans lady, won yeah. by about an extra hundred pound on the bench press to the second place woman. Um, and what happened was another guy came along and said, "I identify as being a woman." He had a beard. He was obviously a man, but he said, "I want to identify as being a woman." And he was a, a professional bench press expert. And he then goes and makes the the women's record uh, another hundred and sixty pound higher than the trans woman had done and then obviously the woman below so there's a there's something uh, amiss here maybe the trans need their own olympics their own category (laughs) because it would be you know they can't compete against a real person who's trained professionally and the women can't compete against the men have you ever seen the um trans cab drivers out there the few out there is there Uh, yeah (laughs) definitely i've seen i've seen i've been 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 behind someone in a rank blonde flowing hair and you know looking at oh and all of a sudden the um size 20 glove hand comes out like you know and, <laughs> oh, she's got to be a female basketball player or something like you know what i mean yeah well uh frank maloney boxing promoter married with children now what's his name debbie is he different? Yeah. Debbie Maloney. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. Kelly. Didn't, Kelly. Kelly. Oh, Kelly. Yeah. yeah his name's oh, he's, Kelly he's been on. He's been on those. Um, what they call it? Um, oh, reality God. show. Reality oh. show, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, and uh, s- someone said he, he's he's had the full the full the full buffer. Bu- <laughs> <are> they saying? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he regrets it now. Yeah, it's a bit of extreme. Yeah. Well, hey. he had. He, he had. Uh, what's his name? Didn't he? he had uh, Lennox, uh, Lennox, Lennox Lennox Lewis. You know. Amazing. Are you now saying Lennox Lewis is now trans? No, no, no. <laughs> there was, I'm not going to say a word, I don't say anything. There was something around, he was, uh, you know, unattached, well, good-looking bloke. Who? Uh, what, um, what was his name, did you say? Lennox Lewis. Lennox Lewis. <laughs> Lennox Lewis was? Oh, you think? <laughs> no, there was rumours. I, I heard there was rumours around through through uh, through the boxing well, fraternity. You did it, you've hit upon a slightly other subject, which is why do so many uh, boxers have... Speech impediments. Hmm. 
I mean, they're not the greatest talkers in the world. It's like, <laughs> oh, apart it. from Muhammad Ali, who could s- talk the hind legs off a donkey, everybody else is like, uh, we won't talk about the... the well, I don't <laughs> the, know, I don't know. What's his name? Uh, the the um, Gypsy King. Uh, he's a Jason. Good, Tyson Fury. He's a great talker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Was he was he in the England set Yeah, up? he was. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, he was on our team for a little bit. Danny Mack has joined us, uh, and Danny's a corner man, are you, Dan? I'm a professional boxing coach. I am a corner man. Oh, if well, you are in the company of greatness because Gary is the Olympic coach Butter for the British team. <laughs> Butter boy, yeah. Butter boy. Yeah, so I'm I'm a professional coach and a cut man. But don't you need some medical training for cuts? No, just Vaseline. You you need to know how to handle them, but they, they don't actually supply any formal training. You you go on a course over the weekend or when you get licensed, but yeah. it's something that I think should be improved. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've done the same course, the professional, because uh, yeah. I got professional license yeah. as well, and it's it's just a weekend. It's mm. the so called amateur. Uh, courses is far dip, more difficult. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. I mean, we we deal with cuts uh, all the time. You know, when we're away, because since they removed the head guards with the men, the, obviously the women have still still have head yeah. guards, and 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 the men um, they don't have head guards. You see, do you think they will? Um, Future. <laughs> yeah. The amateurs have had guards, though. No, not oh, the men. They took them away. Didn't yeah, they? they took them away. Yeah. And when was that? I didn't know. Yes. Uh, yeah, they took in 2013. Okay, so, so it looks like long. I've been watching. Yeah. So the first in the World Championships, it was I, I was at yeah. in, in Kazakhstan, all places. Um, they took them away, so we have to uh, obviously deal with cuts as well. So you know, stopping them, uh, we use adrenaline yeah. one thousand um, to just to, to, to stop them. Uh, you know, you apply pressure and stuff. So yeah, it's um, you know, as I say, you have to deal with all stuff like that cuts as well. Yeah. Going on the on the back of cuts, my um, ex son in law was a professional boxer, and um, oh, he was a boxer as well. A couple of years ago, and. Uh, his cut man was the uh, cab driver. Mick uh, Williams. Mick, Mick, Mickey Williams, yeah. yeah. Legend, yeah. Uh, legend. And uh, I spoke to him, asking him, you know, where how did he, he said he, he he just was with another cut man. Yeah. And just watched him. Yeah. And thought, I can do that. Wow. And he took it up. <laughs> and now he's, 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 he's in the corner with all the top yeah. fighters all Mick, the time. Mick the rub, they call him. Yeah. 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 In, in our game, sort of in the international scene, like they could fight five times in eight days, you see. So they can fight with a cut mm. that's been stitched. Yeah. So so long as it because they stitch it inside and outside, uh-huh. and they put a, like a mesh over it. Yeah. So they can they, they are allowed to fight with a cut. Yeah. I was in a fight once. Sorry, Gary. Sorry, uh, this has come to me. But we're talking <laughs> on cuts, and it's it come to me. It's be interesting. I don't know. I was a, a schoolboy semi finalist. I was a schoolboy champion, and then and I was fighting in the, in in another following year. You got to imagine, I was only about thirteen. We only fought one and a half minute rounds, and um, we come out clashed heads. And I stepped back, and I he, 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 claret on this guy's face, and and the referees take me back to the corner, and he's and uh, pointing at, and the, my corner man got up, and I've got a cut. I didn't realise, and I pointed over to to him. Was it around here or somewhere? It was in it was in the eye somewhere. Yeah, I, I've had that. Yeah, no, it was in. I was so you was cut, or you was both cut? We both we clashed eggs. But you don't know you're cut. Did, you know, I didn't know I was cut. I just yeah. as I stepped back, I'm obviously facing my opponent. Could see, um, could see he was cut. Who was worse cut? Well, he looked. He he, 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 you couldn't see yourself. You <laughs> might no, be like, no, 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 I don't know. So I've gone back anyway. I'm telling my coach, and, and I, he's cut. He's cut. Like anyway. We only literally 
come out two seconds, whatever it was. I think it was, uh, it was the second round. It was the second round. And um, it was the first time, not first time, but it's, uh, it was unusual. They added up the score of the first round and I won. So I, I went on. It, it, it didn't go well with the opponent. He, um, anyway, I won that fight. And um, I remember my mum, uh, for the next fight, obviously, a few weeks later, semi-finals, my mum um, put mascara and um, uh, plastic... On, plastic, on you? Uh, yeah, in my eyebrow and plastic skin, uh, a little little plastic skin uh, through my eyebrow. Because at the time, you might got, they might not let me through... The medical, mm, yeah. like so. Your mum was your cut woman. <laughs> yeah, and I end up winning it again. I was, and uh, but that was that was all about cuts. That's and that and I was I was a thirteen year old. That's when it's, you know, even then. Yeah, but you you didn't box then at all. Yeah, I boxed as an amateur. Mm. So I had a good amateur career. And then mm. was short. Um, yeah. Was offered to go pro, and then my mum and dad sort of fell out, <laughs> and my mum didn't want me to box. Yeah, so. What weight division would you have been in on pro? Uh, super middle, I reckon. Super fat? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Knew that was coming. <laughs> but no, it's just like, I think my mum worked out, oh, this is, that's real boxing, and it just, I didn't like seeing a market. It wasn't nothing like domestically yeah. bad or anything, but it just ruined it a bit. And then I was always around it my whole life in one way or another, Yeah, just helping fighters. I didn't really realise I was a coach, you know, just, you're involved, which is part of life. Well, this coaching, this is something that we're getting onto here, which is the subject of not only the fact that uh, you've all got great careers doing something else, but the taxi trade is the most amazing job to allow us to focus on doing something else because we get that 100% freedom to do whatever we want, whenever we want, and we get the freedom, uh, we get a job security at the same time, which you can't guarantee. So we can't focus on things and think about the future. So you're now being paid as a cut so, man, so, corner man, coach? Sometimes. You get paid 10% when they fight up to a certain amount. Yep. Um, it, so got, you're doing it as a hobby at the moment in a sense of something uh, you love and a passion because you, no, you can't a full do it for time, a living. It's a full t- oh, well, you know, I couldn't do it for a living at this stage, but it's a funny one because I work at the highest level, yep. but it doesn't necessarily mean I'll be the highest paid. Yeah. You get paid uh, depending on what the job is and how long it lasts. Yeah. And then you've got to kind of hope for another good one or yeah. see what happens. Well, Gary, you need anyone for the Olympic team? <laughs> Short on coaches? But it, it's a funny, as, as you know, with the, the pro game, it's, it's really... I was on TalkSport talking about it a few weeks ago because I trained someone who was going to be on the Conor Bent undercard. If that fight gets cancelled, I won't get paid. There's so many different yeah. bits and pieces in boxing that make it like... It's like an unregulated, regulated sport. There's no structure in it. But you are actually, you've now hit on a point saying, girls, in Borough High Street was the uh, Boxing Association. Yeah. And yeah. how many years, uh, that went defunct, didn't it? Bankrupt. So what after, what, re- what the, replaced after, it? Yeah, not no, then. no, it's there in Wales now. Uh, yeah, it's just, moved, it's it's just moved. Yeah, British Boxing Board of Control. Yeah. Boxing Board of Control, yeah. Because yeah, I remember the, the big scandal. It, it really went into big trouble because it got sued, didn't it, from one of the fights? What? Wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, they've had, over the years, they've had, a, yeah. I mean... Conor Ben now is talking about suing the British Boxing Board of Control. Yeah. Again? Yeah, but I think that's why they have lawyers on the board as well. Mm-hmm. So on their board, there's quite a few lawyers. Um, what, do you think it was the Eubank fight? That yes, it's, no, through, it's through that. that the, the original the original was uh, with Eubank. His, yeah. dad, yeah. his dad and who's oh, yeah. a, what's his name, uh, the other guy? Who's, who's 
badly. You said Watts. Michael Watson. Michael, Michael Watson. Michael Watson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Watson. yeah, no. yeah. I was I was actually at that fight. Um but I mean obviously things have moved on since then, medical you know, from a medical point of view, safety of the boxers. Yeah. It's, it's like they're they're monitored now. So for for championship fights, they check their weight every so often where before they never used to. Yeah. So a lot a lot of fighters so it's like the difference between us is like we have nutritionists you see and and our boxers have to stay five percent within their weight with a lot of professional boxers if they're not boxing they'll balloon up in weight yeah and it's so, so it's so it's really dangerous isn't it yeah i mean i think what's the manchester boy yeah ricky yeah ricky yeah you know, he used to go a couple of stone above his fighting weight so i'll find them if they do that with me i won't let them do yeah, it yeah i mean it's it's you know obviously as i say things have moved on now he would go a couple of stone above his fight yeah. weight between fights yeah between fights yeah and then lose that weight and lose that, that can't yeah. be good for your body no no and the thing is as well is and in the short period of time sometimes wasn't it yeah but you know it's yeah. just you know, you, just your health as well, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. So dehydration, taking yeah. the water out. Away from the brain. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then you get punched in the head. It's not going to... Well, I'm a not... Yeah, this being punched in the head, Lark, is a, a bit what we can touch on now anyway, because how many... There must be some stats on ex-fighters' health after fighting, because the clumps on the head... I mean, Richard's... Look, he's all over the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you ever think, Richard, that you, you it's affected you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah? Definitely. Sometimes, you know, uh, well, like, but you, 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 it's part you, of the job. You, part of the job. And, I, and, and, I think even as a coach, it can affect you, you know, yeah. when, you, when you're absorbing, even with a, you've got a body shield on, and I train heavyweights. Yeah. Some days I get my words wrong, yeah. or I'm a bit distant with it. I think it's yeah. just it's yeah. part of it. I can imagine them everywhere. It's more than a clump you really are. Yeah. I've got that kind of face. <laughs> I, I think the thing with, with contact sports, you know, and even now football, mm. where there's a, there's a lot of research going on now into heading the ball, isn't yeah. there? Over, over yeah. the years, like they, they're saying that it's caused damage yes. over the years. So I think in, in lots of sports, there's a, there's an element of risk, isn't it, yeah. In, yeah. In, in what you do? That new ball, though, is like, like a beach ball, isn't it, the new football? Is it, it, back in the day when we was kids and we played football, that thing would knock you out yeah. as it hit you on the head. Leather, so Yeah, yeah. Uh, and wet, yeah, yeah. 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 you'd be mm. dead. Um, I've, I just, I've just had a fight I'm really injured though for the first time I've, I've been through a situation <coughs> recently um, I was training a bloke called Daniele Scardina I don't know if you know who he is he's an Italian boxer he's like their Anthony Joshua over there he's massive in Italy yeah. and he, he come over to me as a recommendation and we was training and he went back to Italy because he was opening the gym and I was due to go out there because he was fighting for a rematch for his title then I got a text message. He'd collapsed after training. He'd had a hemorrhage to the brain. And it wasn't even after sparring. He'd been doing like a light training session. He's still in a coma now. He's been in a coma for 30 years. Oh, is he? Yeah. His career's over. Yeah, I mean, he's 30 years old. And, you know, he's in a situation he's where... He's still in a coma? Yeah, he's off the medicine that keeps you in the coma. Yeah. Oh, he was in an induced coma? Yeah, so they, they took him from the gym to the hospital in Italy. Mm -hmm. um, operated on him. Then he was in... The induced coma, then he's sort of stayed asleep, but he's not on the medicine. Yeah. But we don't know what he's going to be like. He always used to say, Oh, you the tiger when we're in the gym. And I say, What's that mean? He goes, I have the tiger. Right. So I calm down, Dan. But now he's a lovely <laughs> fella, but he just, he's got other stuff he can do. Like he's a big model out there, he does uh, TV stuff, but he's 30 years old. And he's, yeah. to see that happen <clears throat> when it's someone you're involved with, it feels different. It's something you'd hear. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. It's, it is part of the sport. Well, Richard's been in a coma for the past 40 years. 
feels like. Yeah. yeah. No, I, was, I was just thinking about, you say, the, 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 making the other sports um, less contact. Um, you can't, though, can you? Yeah, yeah boxing is, <laughs> is, is, is what it is. What I was saying earlier to Gary, wasn't I, that there's plenty of sayings in, in, in sport, and one of them is you play football, you play tennis, but you don't play boxing. You know, there's so much you can do in the boxing, but it's a contact sport, that's it. You know, football is becoming less and less, you know. it's uh, It should be. I mean, to be honest, you know, we've all got lives to live now, you yeah. know. But if you sign up to be a boxer, I think you should just... You're signing up to what what could happen. It is what it is. Yeah. I don't think there's any. Well, yeah, I, I don't think it's in your, I don't think it's in your yeah. brain, is it? You don't. You don't. You don't think well, that. The thing, the thing is, it's a sport with, you love. Yeah. With with amateur boxing and professional boxing, yeah. it's different um, because definitely. obviously the the rounds are longer. So yeah. you're talking about you know your body is taking more Not, more punishment, yeah. and as you're getting tired the longer yeah, rounds, that's it. In the later stages of a round. Yeah. Uh, you're sparring. Uh, you're doing much more sparring. I, I, I yeah. assume, like you I know, mean, that, that's why I prefer amateur boxing mm. to, to yeah. professional boxing. To be fair, yeah. Um, uh, so it's it's you know we, we say ours is a sport, pro boxing's a business. Yeah, uh, yeah and it true. is you know so that's why I sort of preferred doing what I, I was a grassroots coach yeah. you know for f- fifteen years. You know, have you got children, Gary? Yeah, I've got three. Yeah, and. Uh, girls, boys. Yeah, I've got two girls and one boy. And would you want them to be Olympic standard at anything? Um, would you? I mean, my daughter was a. a, a she plays football. She's yeah. she still plays now. She's twenty six, so she, you know she's always been brought up in a sporting environment. Yeah. My son tried boxing, and didn't like it, so I didn't. I didn't push, push it. Yeah. Um, and my other daughter had no interest. Really yeah. In now, the reason I bring this up is my my. I got two daughters, and to be, I'm, I know I'm very proud dad, but they're both extremely talented. Um, they have got um, two two gold medals, one of them, and one gold and silver medal in gymnastics already. And my other daughter just them. just got her first belt; she's ten oh, in uh, kickboxing, cool. and I can see that she's got the the balance, the dance, the kind of movement she does a, a roundhouse kick at ten. And it looks amazing; it's yeah. lovely, um, and she wants to be. A, Olympic gymnast, and uh, I I do not think the sacrifice that people put in for the training of any of this Olympic swimmer, all that, I don't think it's worth it. You you got one shot, maybe two shots, to be in the best or winning the gold medal, which is pretty much your only ambition. Uh, you're going to be the one, two, or three of the person in the world who's trained the most and has the most talent or the most body mass to uh, muscle mass to get this thing. Oh, I just see it as a world of pain and suffering, of training and training and training, and your whole the the best years of your life have just gone by to just achieve a little piece of metal. Well, I think mm. if you, if you look at the other side of that, obviously I've been involved in in the Olympic Games, and I've been lucky enough to be in the corner with the Olympic champion. And when when they reach that, it's just there's no feeling like it. Even a lot of professional world champion boxers would say that. When they won the Olympic gold medal, nothing else will ever come come near it. Winning a pro title, it doesn't come near yeah. it. It's, it's that it's that thing of you're an Olympic champion, prestigious. So I think the answer to you know is like that is an experience that you can't buy. Yeah. It also it then leads on to you know other things. Anyone. Any boxer that wins an Olympic medal is normally guaranteed a good future. Yeah. So you know it's but that's one boxer out of there. How many yeah, you trained uh, for it? 
Yeah, I mean, we, we have 50 boxers on our programme. Right. So we have an academy team and then we have the podium team. So, you know, we as I say, we got six Olympic medals in the, le- in yeah. the which is a record for us. Going on what Gary's saying about the Olympic, uh, obviously the penultimate uh, achievement, winning a gold medal, this is where the, it gets a bit blurry now, doesn't it, with amateur and professional. Yeah. Uh, it started off with the American basketball team. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and and now they're football. They're bringing these the, these professionals that are, are wealthy millionaires um, in their in in their professional sports, yeah. and then coming into uh, an amateur, which is at our domain, our um, the amateurs, um, you know, goal. We've been training, uh, you know, stayed amateur to win yeah, this goal, yeah. and then the, and then you get these pro. You know, it, there was talk. I think might have been even having a professional boxer, wasn't there, or something in the Olympics or something, wasn't there? Yeah, Grey no, area, do it? No, they're allowed. Yeah, they're allowed now, so long as they haven't had more than six fights. Yeah. So if they haven't had more than six professional fights, me personally, I find that yeah. it's hard it, to. I think find it wrong because Richard, I think you've turned pro. You've won. But what if you do, I you are amateur, but we're funding you. Are you not pro? I mean, we're paying for every. You're, you've got all this. No, it has changed around you. Yeah, it has changed that. But I'm just saying that the, the, the guys, like they've turned pro before, you know, um, going to the Olympics and then, then coming back. You know well, what I mean? Well, like, I'm not saying everyone's good enough to go to the Olympics. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the thing. It's a yeah. it's a small minority right, yeah. of of the of Great Britain and yeah. you know whatever country you come from. So that's why it's you know it's. It's a special thing yeah. you know, to be yeah. to be an Olympian is, is special in itself, yeah. mm. but to be an Olympic champion is, is yeah. Well, this is it. again going back to what I was saying earlier. Was in sort of evolved in the nineteen eighties sort of Olympic boxing squad. I was training with them and um, and was hoping to go, and that is exactly what uh, I think. Even if I would have was lucky enough to have been chosen to go. And not win a medal, you're always an Olympian. Oh yeah, yeah, and I would have been mm. chuffed to bits, like you know, because you're an Olympian, and that that goes with you. It's like I was saying to some to one of my coaches once about, um, I, I must have heard it, you know, you're ex world champion, but you're not an ex Olympian. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? I don't like that. It's, 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 it's an exclusive <laughs> club, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. You nearly made it, Richard. I am very proud of yeah, you. I was close, close. <laughs> I've got, I got, I got the t-shirt. Well, <laughs> <laughs> right, well, you isn't again. It's very competitive. All these things are so competitive. But my my thing for my children is to tell them to be good at it and enjoy what you do. Yeah. You can just just be good at it. I think um, the thing is, a parent, if you support them in what they want to do, yeah. that's great. I mean, you know, if you're a pushy parent, that's different, isn't it? Yeah, so no, I, I'm not going to do that. Know, we, they say they don't want to go this week. Yeah. They don't go gymnastics and whatever. Um, she came home crying. She'd had a, her gymnastics coach. She pushes her a little too hard, and she says, Daddy, I'm, I am hurting a little bit. We're doing kind of serious splits, and it's really hurting me a little bit. And she's, she's had a little go. At, she's 10 years old, had a go at her coach who's a Russian gymnast, yeah. one of the bloody... That, now, I don't, there's another coach who's Turkish who's a lot more... They're children. Yeah. They're children. And the Russian coach is really trying to double them up and, and get them yeah. to sort of levels that you think... No, the, the Russian coach really does have a, a mindset that we're getting them to the Olympics. And the my mindset yeah. is, no, they're having a bit of fun. They need that fun. They need that enjoyment to be able to want to go back again. Don't yeah. that. yeah. That's the thing. It's like boxing when you when you start coaching kids at 10 years of age. It's, it's got to be fun as well. Yes. They've got yeah. to want to come back. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully they, they do. 
when they bring snooker and darts into the Olympics, uh, we're, we're, the, we're the best. Well, they bought skateboarding, yeah. yeah. Oh, skateboarding, yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, little kids game. Little kids. <laughs> <laughs> I still do it. I, I used to have huh? Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go today. I'm going to finish this <laughs> thing and I'm going to go today and I'll. I used to roller skate. We used to roller skate when I was a kid all the time with our Jackos, we called it. <laughs> uh, that was a make of roller skate. There's knowledge related issues, Richard. How long did you take to do knowledge? I know you had a hard time on the knowledge. Well, nine years it took me. Nine years. Yeah. Why, didn't, why didn't you give up? Well, that, that is, again, this is the thing, uh, my friend, uh, I was thinking about that, you know, things to say involving the boxing and, and the and the, um, the cabin. It's, the, it's a saying we we had up on the wall in the reps, and I think it was something uh, like um, quitters never win and winners never quit. Yeah. And and I think that was that got me through. It's, the, you know, with the knowledge, you know, you, you can't fail, you just quit, you know, so... Yeah. And it wasn't in my sort of makeup uh, through the boxing. You know, you have hard rounds, you have you know uh, hard hard weeks of training, and but you got to keep going on if you want to be to be successful. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I, I committed myself, and like I say, I, after knockback after knockback, obviously again, I took it on myself of uh, not listening to anyone. <laughs> first of all, <laughs> I think that was for the first five years. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then, and then, and then, and then uh, I had a dean's uh, the school, and I used to go round. I only live round the corner from where I, I my, where I live from. It's amazing, and and you used to go and knock on the door, and no, no, we we, we ain't got enough room. You was doing it from your house at the end, I yeah. think, and uh, a long time ago, a long yeah. time ago, and no, we ain't got no room. No, no, you you started, you, and eventually he allowed me in after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, scraping. You're an horrible bastard, really. Isn't well, you know, <laughs> I was desperate. He felt sorry for me, and he said, uh, "Drag, drag." He me came in. up. I said, "You'll never be a cab driver. <laughs> You'll never be." Yeah. Gary, you had a similar situation. Yeah, I mean, I think that with me, it, it's four and a half years for me. Yeah. Um, so, I think it's it, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> that is brilliant. But yeah. you've got to remember, Gary had to come down, learn English, yeah. and yeah. do the yeah, knowledge. Scouts, scouts in London. Yeah. yeah I, think, I think for me, I had a full time job. I, I was yeah. a contract manager. Yeah. Uh, I'm a roofer originally, yeah. a roofer. So I had that. Then I was coaching in, in the yeah. club as well. Mm. So I couldn't go to a school. No. So I knew I couldn't go to a school. But what I did is I went to a couple of schools just to see how it worked. Right. And then the same with a call-over partner. I didn't have a call-over partner until I got on 21s. Mm. So basically I did it myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I got redlined on 56s. Mm. Um, and, I, you know, I sort of knew that I needed to, to put more into it uh, which which I did. I sort of dropped one night at the club. I was still uh, like a volunteer coach then at, 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 at the Lynn. Did you find Did you find that the, your boxing training and, and and your structure of training boxers helps you with yeah, your knowledge? Yeah, I mean the thing the thing is, if you dedicate yourself like I dedicated myself to coaching, then you know that what what you put in, you you generally get out. Mm. I think with with the knowledge, it's just the fact of. You don't know what they're going to ask you when you go in there, even though, like, you, if you get your, your point sheets and you look at the, the bankers or, or yeah. what they ask you, you know, you just hope you'll get one of them. But, you know, you can get anything. And I think I sort of realised that it was no good me worrying about something that I couldn't control. So that sort of helped me relax a little bit. And and to be fair, I was saying to, to Dean earlier on, is like, Mostly I found encouragement, if I'm honest, from the examiners. You know, yeah. it, it was the fact of, I think, you know, I remember one of them saying to me that 
you know, you're the type of cab driver we want. Mm. You know, you're not a flash man. You know, you you you, you come in here, you, you you present yourself well, and I think how you present yourself is massively important. Yeah. And I think if you go in there with any type of attitude or you know not not looking your best or trying to be your best, then it's going to be harder for you. Yeah. I think you know. I, I I even wrote a letter to, to one of the examiners, you know, thanking them because I felt that they they wanted me to to get there. They knew I'd been doing it for four years. I remember one of the examiners, uh, Mr. Thomas, uh, who, who I got my wreck off, and he told me afterwards after they gave me the handshake, he said. Um, on your notes, he said what I wrote down originally, because he, he, he'd give me a few Ds along the journey. And he, he, he said, you've got a lot of irons in the fire. So he mean in the box and, yeah, and yeah. I was working full time. He said, so that was why you, you know, you, you, you wasn't sort of getting, you know, scoring regular enough to move on and why you got redlined. And I think after, you know, some, some of the examiners say to me, you need to work harder. You've got to get out on the, on the bike mm. a bit more. And I think if you take if you take the advice and it, and then also massively if you go to a school helps, mm. you know it yeah. would it would definitely shorten it for you. This is uh, the same we've touched upon here really with the boxing relationship. Anyway, it's you need a coach. Yeah, um, and it, you obviously need to be the best coach you can find. And I'm not saying it's me, but you just don't generally need a coach to sort of cut out. The thing I see most people make a mistake on is that they do things that are very relatively unimportant to the big picture. So it would be, uh, for me, it would be like a boxer who's concentrating on what colour shorts he should wear. Yeah. And it's like, have you got a pair of pants? Wear them, because it's not going to change how you box that part. So they're focusing on, on aspects that really have very, very little importance to their thing. And there's a lot of people make them say, what? and the biggest thing for me, <clears throat> the number one thing people can do to get through the knowledge quicker, there's three things, but the number one thing is the volume of point-to-point -point that they actually do, which be would be the same as a boxer, the, the volume of sparring that you may do. You're actually doing the job that you're going to get in there and do. And that just increases your experience. And there are too many people I see on the knowledge and you ask them, how much point-to-point uh, -point do you practice a day? Oh, I do about 10. And they're, they're impressed. They're, they're, they think that they've done yeah. a volume of 10. And I think, well, 10. In, if I'm on form, that's about 15 minutes work. So you're not getting anywhere near that volume of practice. Do you know what else was good? When, when I was at the school was having the mock appearances yeah. and having the accountability as well because that helped with the performance under pressure aspect of it for me. Yeah, You was taking some mock appearances. I, I ended up doing it for yeah, you in the yeah. end. Yeah, I was doing the mock appearances for, for other students, but Mr. Price, God rest his soul, yeah. He used to drag me up the stairs, I, and I would think it would feel like a real appearance. And John Osborne yeah. as well. Yeah, as yeah, much yeah. as I laugh now, I think John, I would um, be at the desk doing my point to point, and John would come by like a great white shark, and you'd be panicking.